Welcome to the Co-Founders Show. I'm Delphine, your host and the Co-Founders Coach. In this first series, I'm interviewing well-established business partners who are sharing their journey, insights, challenges, and learnings of growing a business together. Allez, on y va! Let's dig into our next episode. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Co-Founders Show. Today is the third episode of that first series and I'm really excited to welcome Gary and Michael today. So Gary Milner and Michael Gutowski have a consultancy organization together for quite a few years and they have an international consultancy and interim management with a specific focus on internalized internalization and sustainability. So we were just having a laugh before starting saying that is quite a mouthful for me to say, but here we, <laughs> here we go. I managed to say it. So welcome to you both. And I would like to ask you first, how long have you been working together now? And what was the driver for you to start this business together? Well, I go first. So thank you for inviting us. And thank you, Michael. Welcome to the podcast. What we've been actually, we've been knowing each other for probably close to 10 years. And when we both left the corporate world, we both individually started consultancy businesses. Uh, our background is pretty similar, and what we've done is also pretty similar. It was always finalization. I hope that's better. Business diversification, business development, sales. You know, helping companies going international, basically, explore what is outside of their home market. And uh, after we both started individually, we realized that what we do is pretty similar. And we thought that, you know, doing it together is A, more fun and B, more efficient. And by the way, you don't feel lonely. You know, if you have somebody that you can discuss with and share opinions, and uh, that also gives you sometimes let's say, critical feedback, because um, also you mostly think you are right and this is the way to go. A second opinion is very, very helpful. Yeah, I can completely understand that. I think there's a lot of talk in business about loneliness. When you start your own business, when you have your own show, your own consultancy, you can feel really lonely trying to figure everything out. So I think it's a lot of people who decide to go together to have this sounding board, but also sort of joint forces, really. I think something I didn't mention at the start, but we can hear. So we've got a range of accents today. So obviously I'm French. Michael, you're German. Gary, you're English. And we did have a conversation not long ago. We had a live conversation on LinkedIn talking about cultural differences in business. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that this combination is what I have at home, actually, my husband being German me being French, we live in the UK. So it's a topic close to my heart. Uh, maybe Gary, you could tell us a bit more first about you. What was a driver for you? And also, I know you very much embrace those cultural differences. And you told me a couple of times that these are for you really important. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. Just like Michael said, thank you very much for inviting us to the show. We're really, you know, very much uh, happy to be part of this. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like a joke, doesn't it? The, the, the Brit, the German and the French person. But uh, I, I do like international environment. I mean, I've spent, a bit like Michael, I've spent, you know, more than 30 years, most of my career in an international environment. 
and it's really what I know. And what really uh, motivated me was definitely the kind of loneliness and kind of talking to myself about ideas or plans and stuff, not having anyone to bounce ideas off of was a, a big factor. And it was also kind of a practical thing. Michael, remember, we had a client which was based in Germany and we really needed some kind of know-how and some expertise. And Michael, obviously with his background, was very much able to participate in that. And that was really the beginning of our serious collaboration together. And really from that process and working together, I think, you know, it just became a lot more enjoyable. And so the old expression, two heads are better than one. And I think that was really where it all stemmed from. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. How long have you been running the show together? It's it's three years, right? Yeah. Three years. So it's been a while and the time goes very quickly together. And it's been very enjoyable, I have to say. It's been much better than working on my own. So what's interesting is, Michael, you said you had similar backgrounds and possibly similar skills. So did you spend some time to look at, okay, what skills do we have in common, but also where can we complement each other? Where do we bring something different? Well, I think we've mainly worked in the same areas, but our skill sets and our background are a little different. So I have a, an engineering degree and a business degree. And Gary has a degree in marketing, I guess, and uh, that yeah. complements each other perfectly well. Mm. So we've both been spending a lot of our career time in Asia. I've also been to the US for quite a while, and I do live in the UAE now for nearly seven years. So it's the combination of everything. You know, we are aligning, let's say, a new world with the old world, you know, mm. if we would call Uh, traditional Europe, the old world, and the UAE as one of the booming hotspots in the world, kind of the new environment. So yeah. I think we are experiencing everything, you know, from uh, or we're matching, we're matching cultures, we're match matching experiences, and we are matching regions. And that gives a unique mixture where I think our clients really benefit. I think there's also kind of an overlap and then there's a, an area where we have our own areas of speciality. So I think Michael is very focused and keeps the thing on track and it's it, he has a certain discipline in the way he works, whereas I think I'm a bit more creative and a bit more laissez-faire. You know, sometimes I'm more creative, but I also have the chance to go off track a little bit and I need someone to pull me back onto track. And I think that's where Michael's skills really, you know, really are good. So you find that's quite complementary in a way. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. you know, I'm always, <laughs> my job is always the bad guy. You know, I'm the bad cop. Yes. I have yes. to address points that you know normally it's are so enjoyable to be discussed. And I have no issue with it. I'll just do it. You Where just you do can, the job. <laughs> I just do the job, you know. And you can feel when Gary starts to be very diplomatic and, you know, finds a lot of expressions, but never comes to the point. Then it's, yes. okay, now... He's more to the point. Yeah, so we... the, the, you know, the bad German has to step in and <laughs> bring yeah. it to it's the this, point. Uh, I mean, that yeah. comes back again to your stereotypes or country stereotype, but it's really true, yes. isn't it? The reality of it is, you know, the British, we get this, of course, from you French, which is we're more flowery and diplomatic, whereas sometimes you do need someone just to come straight to the point, ultimately, and, yeah. you know, and say how it is. And that's where Michael's, you know, it's yeah. true. It, uh, he is more of a bad cop, a good cop, you know? Yeah, and I think it's all in the awareness and in the understanding. Like, I also worked in a very international environment. I worked for Eurostar for many years, and I have to say, those cliches do come out. Yes. Uh, yeah. And 
it was hard for me in my first two years in the UK. I just thought I was brilliant having good ideas, like really good ideas, because all the Brits were telling me that is really interesting. And it took me two years to really understand how to read the code and also not to be too direct because the French can be very direct and the French at work can be very hierarchical and, and almost critical. And I could, see, I could see some British soul being very crushed by too direct comments. But you too, obviously, you evolved in international environments, so you're aware, and you're aware of each other, you understand how the other one works. But did you have times where you actually had a strain on your relationship or you found it difficult? Well, you know, at the beginning, I think there were some times, you know, when Gary was raising the eyebrows and you realized that was maybe a little bit too too direct. Of course, you know, not everything is flowery and sunshine and nice. And you have sometimes times where it gets a little bit rough, but then it's the, uh, you know, you have I, I to overcome key, them. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's true. I, I think the key thing is, that you have to agree that you can disagree. That's a really important point in my mind. And the other thing is, because we're working remotely, if one person has an ill feeling about something, it's not good to let it kind of fester and stay. You know, it's better to uh, have a call and to talk things through. And I think Michael's very good at doing that. And sometimes I kind of let things, I, I just leave things alone a little bit because I don't want to particularly talk about them or I want to come back to them. And he's quite good at actually bringing it to the fore and saying we have to talk about those things. But I do think yeah. that it's very, very important that you have to agree to disagree and, and to accept that the other person has got a different opinion. And I think that should be celebrated and not kind of like squashed down. You know, that's important to have a number of opinions. You know, we all talk about a client and, you know, in my opinion, he wants an answer quickly and he wants to know exactly where we are very quickly. And I'm much more for let's, you know, it's like fishing. Let's play it a little bit and let's see where it takes us. And, but he wants an answer. And so we often have that kind of discussion where he wants to know exactly what, where we are, good or bad. He just wants to know. You know? So yeah. there are things like that. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is that remote work. So Michael, you're based in Abu Dhabi. Is that correct? I was living in the Rastafema for nearly seven years. Okay. Yeah. And Gary, you're in the UK, not very far I'm from me. UK. Not far from you. <laughs> just west of just west of London. So you're not in the same country and the people I've been interviewing so far, they are living in the same country. Some of them have an office and their relationship is based a lot around that time they spend together. Hmm. So how do you collaborate? Like what's your way of communicating and also aligning on your strategy? I mean, we kind of use all the tools, right? So, of course, we're very much involved in the video conferencing and Teams and, you know, that kind of stuff. But we'll also talk via phone call, WhatsApp or, you know, Skype or basically whatever is needed. And I think one of the things is we do use those tools really, you know, it can be late at night or it can be a weekend or, you know, whenever we actually need to talk or communicate, we are very flexible. So we use all the tools. Really. But do you have any set times? Like, do you have some sort of structure where you're like, okay, once a week we need to talk and review clients' mm -hmm. work or once a quarter we need to meet somewhere in the world and review our plan? Well, I think would say at the beginning we had fixed timings, mm -hmm. but now it's more free flow. As people speak, you know, uh, on a daily basis anyway. We don't have to define. We always speak at 10. You have okay. something, you work on the project, and then 
you just press the button and you call and with this video conference I, tools, you know, the other one appears like he's next to you, you know, so. Because we, we both quite like morning. We seem to be more active in the mornings and uh, yeah, and, and, uh, a bit creative in the evenings, especially after I've got a nice glass of Chardonnay or something next to me, I can, Sancerre or something, <laughs> I can become more creative. I can relate to that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it is flexible. We're very, very flexible. And I think that's been one of the great revelations about the last few years in terms of technology and in terms of what's been happening with COVID and whatnot, is that you can actually communicate and work and work effectively, you know, with the tools remotely and stuff. So, and then we use, you know, all of the collaboration tools that you need as well, you know, like OneDrive and whatnot. So we're pretty flexible. And how do you get creative together? And by this, I mean, I find that in entrepreneurship, we spend a lot of time creating because we have to create, well, in my case, creating content like this podcast, creating offers for your clients, you know, doing the research. Now, a lot of it, I can imagine that you work through together or at least you have to align on what you're going to do and who's going to do what. So again, how do you do that? Do you just do it as it comes or do you manage to plan some proper time? I would say we do as it comes. Normally, our basic things is that we create and implement strategies for clients. Uh, and the tradition is basically we discuss then Maybe Gary creates a first draft on paper and then we use this piece of paper to play around with. It's then in our OneDrive, everybody, you can both access it. And we feel that it's always easier if from the moment that you discussed it, then you've created something. And if you have something in front of you, for us, it's much more easy to then develop from there. And, mm. you know, then it involves, it takes a couple of days and a couple of rounds. And at the end, we, we come up with something, uh, you know, I think solid. And as Gary said, he's more the, the creative guy. And then I'll bring it into, mostly I'll bring it into a, a proper structure and form. And at the end, <laughs> we have something that we can present. Michael yeah, is very much like my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Completely undiplomatic, yeah, exactly. No, the, the thing I think is also when we're together, you know, the old whiteboard gets out and we, we both like to do drawing and, you know, just kind of creative sessions and stuff. And then we kind of draw on that and then bring it down into a, a proper proposal or a plan or a presentation or a concept or whatever. You know. So uh, I think we start with a kind of a wide funnel and then we kind of bring it down to what's more practical. I'm still, as we've said a couple of times, I think I typically have some crazy ideas which we have to kind of squash quite early on and then we come to more practical, pragmatic ideas. After we've deleted all of them, then we can... (laughs) Then we just go with what Michael thought in the first place. (laughs) That was a joke. No, that was a joke. And, you know, I do think that this element of humour and stuff is really important as well because it can be quite dry. It it can be quite, you know, quite a tough thing. So I think that's quite important. Yeah, no, for sure. And the work you do, so you help organization to internationalize, so basically to go and grow into new markets. Do you work together for all your clients or do you share, for example, depending on the nature of the clients or what they need? I would say mostly together. There might be uh, exemptions, but they are pretty rare. Mm. So mostly we do projects together together. Because only then you can have all the benefits by, you know, if you discuss, otherwise you're back to square one where you have to do 
something completely by yourself. Yeah. But it might well be that he's on a different project or there is on vacation or ill or whatever, you know, just not available. Then obviously you have to do it by yourself. But most of the times I would say we're serving clients together. And I'm sure the clients enjoy having that duo with them in a way, bringing again, I, um, so. I can <laughs> I see that as a strength to have, you know, you're talking about helping people to go in different countries and you both have the experience of living in different countries and you both yeah. from different cultures. Mm. So you have a lot of credibility. Mm. Yeah, it's always, you know, they normally, they are very successful in their home market, but they've reached a point where there has to be a, the next step of evolution. And that's normally when they try to expand to different cultures, countries, regions. And then the question is always the same. How do we do that? You know, what do we need to learn? What do we need to know? Uh, what's the points that we need to pay special attentions to? Mm. And then going international is not just, hey, tomorrow we go international. It's mainly a, a transformation thing. So the complete company has to be ready and aware. And it's a complete business transformation because if you invite other cultures and other countries, then you invite also their experiences, their way of living, their opinions, and yeah. you need to be able to deal with that. Mm. And, you know, maybe there are, there are cultures where they don't say no, they will say, we'll consider, you know, for example. And if you don't know those secret words, basically, then you struggle and worst case you fail. So it's not just an extension of your business. It's kind of a, a complete business transition. You yeah, know? for sure. And you need to, even if you sell, I don't know if you mainly work with service-based or product-based company, but whatever that is, you still need to understand the market. And even yeah. if the demographic Absolutely. is the same... The culture will be very different and people may buy very differently. So I can imagine that yes. you help them to do the research early on. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think it's very important that you respect the culture and the people and their opinions. You know, sometimes you intend, if you are the business owner and you go somewhere, you know, what you say is true and that's the way how to do it. And Maybe there is then a little disadvantage if your client is not understanding what you try to tell them. And maybe also, worst case, they feel embarrassed, you know, on the way they are approached. But at the end, mostly it's fun. And it's always a very, very interesting journey. Um, at least I've gained a lot of beautiful experiences out of that. Mm. In the three years that you've been working together, what has been the biggest challenge that you had to overcome generally, business-wise? You're working with a Brit. <laughs> Thank you. I knew it. <laughs> I think for me, it sort of stems from, given the line of work that we're doing, the acquisition of new clients and finding relevant people that are suitable for our services and actually people who we want to work with as well. That is quite a challenge. And I think one of the things, and I know it will come up later on, that you know, I personally wish I'd, I'd spent more time on, especially in the corporate world, was my network. I didn't truly understand the value of and the power of like professional networking until probably towards the end of my career in the corporate world. If I'd realized truly how powerful that was, I think I would have spent more time investing in that. Do you mean because it was a lot to build from scratch? 
Yes, I mean, in the corporate world, it was, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but, you know, it's like a bubble sometimes you work in, especially if it's a large corporate environment, you know, it's a whole different world within itself. And when you come out of that, you have to kind of start afresh and build your professional network. And I think that that takes yeah. time, you know, it takes yeah. time. I, I completely relate to that, actually, Gary, because it's true. Like when I was at Eurostar, I would not even think of building my profile externally or, you know, I was on LinkedIn, but not using it at all. I was absolutely not networking. I think I didn't realize I could have more of a plan <laughs> of what to do. And I felt when I started, I started from scratch. I had to build everything from the ground up. And I've seen people... Were building their network and their profile while they were still employed, and then once they had the audience and when they had already tested a few ideas, they went freelance or they went independent, and they had success much much quicker. Mm -hmm. I think when we incorporate, we are in a big sheep. It's changing, but I think we still, yeah, a lot of people still don't really see the value. It's just the small things that you maybe not consider. Before, you might have had a team, an assistant, a secretary, and for every speciality, there was somebody that you could ask. Now you're by yourself. Now you need to deal with your IT issues, your, yeah. you know, everything. That is different than before, but also, you know, interesting and challenging because every day is a new experience. <laughs> for sure. How do you... Disagree. So you did say earlier that you agree to disagree. So what happens when you strongly disagree on something? Well, I'm at the end, I'm right. <laughs> and that, the sad part of that is that he actually does think he is right as well. No, I, I think like all relationships, right? I mean, you know, I, I, well, I speak my, about my own relationship, but, you know, it's not a bad thing sometimes to disagree and to, to clear the air and so on. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the same in a business relationship as well. You know, the reality of it is that we are allowed to, and we do disagree. And um, so I think that we kind of clear the air and, you know, he, Michael will have his say, I'll have my say. And I think we're, we're quite mature, right? We're not kids and we've been around enough, right? So we're both quite pragmatic about these things. And if I really feel strongly about something, I will say, look, this is, you know, this is definitely not right and vice versa. And, and sometimes I'll let it go because I think, well, you know, I can see the bigger picture, you know, what's the expression, you know, lose the battle, but win the war or whatever the thing is, you know, so most things I can roll with. There's a few things which I say, look, no, that's, we're going in the wrong direction here. I want to change. I think we've been around long enough and we both have enough experience to be able to handle that. So it's not like dealing with you know, with the greatest respect, someone who's sort of just started work, who's very hot-headed. It's, it's not like that at all. We, I would say most of the time we can roll with things. And we don't really yeah. disagree yeah. on many things, I don't think. <laughs> We're both married men, so at the end, you know, the <laughs> chief commander rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, we've all got failings. So sometimes, you know, I don't perform likewise, either he isn't. And the other person has to step in. I think there's a theme with uh, different pairs of co-founders I've been interviewing so far around what I call the ego, where 
ego around i've got strong ideas i've got strong opinion it needs to go my way i really want to make my point across and we all have that somehow but in a way when we get more mature we also as you say gary see the bigger picture and we don't feel that need to exist by being right all the time and we see you know seeing the bigger picture and it's something i hear a lot from co-founders who split up because there's always a feeling we were just going different direction. We couldn't agree and they couldn't at some point agree to disagree anymore. It was too, too strong. But the other thing as well I want to pick up on, which I think is really important is Michael, you said, I'd rather call Gary and clear the air very quickly. If there's been something, anything, even if it's not even some, something to worry about, but it just has to be talked about. And I think it's so important because above all with a distance, like you don't have those time where you can even just socialize, spend time together. And it's very easy to then, you know, keep that thing in our head for a few yes. days, few weeks. And then it's sort of when, when there's more than one, it starts to build as resentment or mm. so I think it's a really, it sounds small, but it's really important. Yeah, if you don't clear it, it will grow. It will and grow. If you, you know, at the end, if you realize we're not doing this to be right or wrong, we are doing... Normally, our discussions are around serving a client and having the benefit of the client in the back of our heads. And then it's yeah. not that important, you know. Important is that we find the solution and implement the right strategy and or create and implement the right strategy and make sure that, you know, our client is happy. And everything else is maybe priority to them. Yeah. I think one thing that we've not touched on here, which I think is really, really important, and it's probably one of the building blocks of all of this, is you've got to have trust. Because without trust, very, very difficult to move forward. You know, trust is it's fundamental in any organization. And we both know organizations where trust is a bit limited, right? And if you have trouble with trust, then it's very difficult to see how you can go forward. Well, even harder, if you stop trusting each other, you can immediately stop because then yeah. there's no more base to do anything yeah. together. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And I think that's what happens, you know, when a lot of co-founders start thinking, we know each other, we've got the same vision. And actually, when you scratch a little bit, you realize, well, at least in the discussion mm. I had, the vision were not exactly the same. And also the behaviors were not always understood. And as you said, then that's when misunderstandings start. And that's when the trust factor, which is so important for any collaboration, mm. uh, start to erode. I think one of the things which sort of leads on from that, though, is to spend time, and we spent quite a lot of time on the vision and mission and what we wanted to stand, you know, what we stood for, and also aspirations and this kind of stuff. These were really, really important elements for us at the beginning. You know. So you say you spend quite a bit of time. So that's typically the type of thing I help my clients, whether they're mm. solopreneurs or co-founders. How long did you spend on that? I'm going to say a few weeks on it, Michael. I think we handled it like we would handle a project, you know. We knew that we should define something and agree to something. And then we had the first point and then we started discussing, you know, put it aside, slept the night, discussed again, yeah. added something, and then changed something. And that at the end, after maybe a couple of weeks, we thought, oh, well, this is now uh, what we feel is needed and what we can stand for. I think it's not something you just... In my mind, at least, it's not something once you complete it, it's not like you put it in a book or in a binder and then you put it in the cupboard and forget about it. 
this is kind of an ongoing living, breathing thing, right? Because there's a continuous adjustment or continuous you know, circumstances change or, you know, whatever, right? So sometimes nothing changes and sometimes lots of things well, change. Yeah, exactly. You know, your own interest changes, the demand from the market changes. So let's say our new focus is sustainability because mm. it's something that we are both into, you know, we feel it's necessary and we think that everybody should do his part to make this happen. And this is now also a huge business topic. You know, mm. we'll come from the public companies, it goes down to the limiteds, you know, everybody needs to define sustainability strategies, create reports. You will only be able to get public offers if you are committed to sustainability, if you have these measures in, if you create those reports. And you just need to be aware, you know. So sometimes your personal interest matches with the public interest and public demand. And I would say three years ago, sustainability was something that, yes, we knew. And we thought, yeah, having a solar panel on the roof is probably the maximum that you could do. But it's, you know, it has involved and it's so much more now. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I like what you said about the fact that, as you know, your vision and mission are not stuck on the wall and that it's something which is evolving all the time because it's true and we've all been working for those companies who have a set of corporate values and put them in the elevator and then you know nothing changes yeah. so <laughs> how yeah. often do you revisit those key pillars of your business well i think or how often yeah, should it's... you <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 it's not, I don't think that's something you do like every quarter and you say, right, now we're going to invest, you know, 15 minutes to discuss it. It's not like that. I think, you know, intuitively when circumstances change and you know when you need to adjust yourself and then, and it will come at a time when you least expect it. And, and, you know, it will be through discussions with clients or it will be through talking amongst ourselves or it'll be trends within the market that we see, you know, and then or business practices and so on you know and uh, i think that's really when it comes and, and then you know michael and i will talk to each other and i say look we think we need to adjust something or change something or we need to add something or we need to take something away or we need to revisit something and, and so there's a but it's not you know it's not a specific time or a specific interval i would say it pops up permanently as a, <laughs> as a permanent task without ending date <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I think, you know, we, we, I know we joke a little bit about it, but I think it's one fundamental, which is important to do, that many people don't do. I think a lot of people do it when they seek for investment and then they have to do a pitch and they have to go through all those, you know, process. The only constant is the change. And if you realize that, mm -hmm. then, you know, everything is uh, basically on the line for change sooner or later. And I think you change it if it's necessary to be changed. You don't change because it's now three months gone and we have to talk about strategy mm. and yeah. should be, no. It's just if something occurs, then you uh, just act. Yeah, no, that makes but sense. You, but you know, I mean, when you see companies and you're from the outside and you're talking to clients or prospective clients and you know almost instantly the, the, the organizations which are good at this, which are able to adapt, which are sort of thinking about the future and thinking about the market and environment and their own, you know, vision and mission and stuff, and other organizations who don't do it at all, you know, and it's just so obvious in my mind, the, the organizations which don't do it, and, yeah. you know, you're going to store up trouble at, at the end, you're storing issues up, 
if you do not you know revisit this and be open to uh, changes oh, absolutely um, I've got a more personal question to you both. If you could tell me what you really admire in your business partner and what is driving you mad, what would you say? <laughs> Gary's laughing. <laughs> oh, goodness. Michael, you want to go or you shy, shy? How long have you got? That's the question. I've got a very, very long list. Two minutes. <laughs> Pick no, one. I, well, that, that answers mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let, let me say, first of all, you know, I, I'm been years, right, like 20 years working in a kind of a German business environment. So I know very well, I actually more am more comfortable in a German business environment than I am in the British one, to be honest, which is a bit odd thing to say. So, I, you know, I, I feel very comfortable working in this environment and this culture and this sort of Anglo-German culture that we have. I really admire Michael's ability to get to the point. I, I, I struggle with my background to do that sometimes, and I really like that a lot. And the flip side to that, I guess, is that sometimes we should be a bit more patient. And I think it's a bit like fishing. And sometimes you have to be pragmatic and you have to be sensitive to time frames from the other from the client or prospective client or whatever. And even though we get frustrated and we do get frustrated sometimes, we sometimes do need to be mindful, you know, of different cultures and stuff like that. And sometimes Michael can be pretty quick to get straight into the action which I've probably said enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, you need to learn patience, yeah. basically. Exactly. Yeah, well, ex I, would, you know, I would say exactly the same thing, just the opposite. You know? <laughs> I think, uh, come on, you know, you can't be patient. Just ask the question. <laughs> yes, no, what's so difficult? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, at the end, I think that's what forms uh, a good team, you know? Yes. But I think, again, it's back to self-awareness and understanding the other and being respectful. Because what I've seen in other scenarios is people who would have different reactions. For example, I many years ago, I was uh, coaching a co-founder, just one, and she was really struggling to find her space in the partnership. And she was a thinker. She needed to plan. And her mm -hmm. partner was a doer and had to do act, act, act to then learn. And they could have done amazing together, but because it was so different and because they didn't have the awareness and they didn't talk about it enough, they ended in conflict and they ended in not understanding each other. And at the end, they separated, they didn't do the business together. And I think it's finding that balance, isn't it, of having this awareness but respecting the other one and understanding that the other one would be there. And when you find a place in the middle, that's when the beauty happens. Mm -hmm. Because probably, yeah. Michael, you are helped to still make progress. And, and Gary, you make sure that maybe it's more on, you know, paying attention to the external timeline and giving a bit more time and a bit more free flow. So I think the two mm. together is a real strength, but the, the challenge is to get to that place. So we're coming to the end. So the final question I wanted to ask you is what advice you would give to other co-founders? Just try. Yeah. Just try. Yeah, I, I think be, be honest. That's, again, you know, honest and trust is a critical thing. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the other person. Uh, build a vision, a mission, a concept, a plan, a strategy. That you know, Build it for the mid and long term and come back to that and revisit it you know, on a, a kind of almost a continuous basis. 
people do change over the years people do evolve and you know your needs and your wishes and things will change and then you have to kind of be aware of that and adapt to that but kind of listen listening to the other person is really important oh i love that gary is that too philosophical <laughs> if you could just say yes all the time it'd be a lot simpler a lot more straightforward yes gary i think that's yeah. not a bad idea yeah that's very difficult <laughs> well, but no, I, I think it also comes with a bit of maturity, you know, in the end, we're not, luckily your, your listeners cannot see us at this point, but you know, we're not 22 years old, right? So we've got a little bit of gray, well, Michael's got no hair, right? And I've got some hair, a few gray pieces. So yeah, it's it, a bit of maturity helps as well. Thank you both very, very much for all your words of wisdom and insights and sense of humor. <laughs> If anyone is looking into bringing their business global or creating a sustainable strategy, where can they find you? I think the best way to reach us is just go to our website, www.gutowskiandmilner.com. Perfect. And I'll put the website in the show notes once I learn how to do that. <laughs> But that should be pretty straightforward. There's one more thing as well. We have also, if your German language listeners, we've also co-author to a book as well on the subject of internationalization. I think Michael should talk Ooh, about that. Okay. We can put that as a link on the, in the notes as well. That would be useful. What's the book about? It's business transformation. Okay. And uh, we've, together with a group of co-authors, we covered the part of internationalization in, in this book. So it's... Uh, internationalization. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's really good. It's kind of one of the standards now for the industry. That's at least what we've been told. And uh, I think it's worth reading it. And it's in German. It's a German. Practice your okay. German. You can practice your Absolutely. German Absolutely. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll definitely put it in the show notes as well. So thank you very much, Gary, Michael, and thank you to all the listeners and see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Co-Founders Show. If you're still here, I dare to think that you enjoy the conversation. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave it a positive review. You can also share it with other co-founders in your network who may learn from it. And if you have any questions or want to share your thoughts on what you've heard today, let's continue the conversation on LinkedIn, on my profile at Delphine Koal. A bientôt!